All right, here we are talking about coaching. Uh, I'm named, my name is Yannick, and I'm here as usual with Sivash and Nikki. Hi. Uh, Nikki's still in Sri Lanka, um, and possibly some background noise. Uh, you are with us audio, and uh, thanks for making the effort. It's so cool you're traveling around the world through nomadic lifestyle. Um, so, uh, uh, yes, uh, excited about today's question. Um, we're talking about neutrality. Is it possible uh, that coaches stay neutral? Is it desirable that coaches stay neutral? And the context of this is uh, kind of far-reaching because it's been a topic that's been kind of on my mind uh, uh, for quite a bit. Uh, it started when the whole climate crisis coaching effort um, really uh, developed. And at the time, a lot of coaches... Uh, started to be activists and I get it and I think it's important that we have activists in the climate crisis space um, at the time I thought well as coaches you're wearing a particular hat right I know some coaches are already kind of activist coaches and they're really directive and they offer a lot of guidance and a lot of energy and they have a you know agenda to have a, a the most positive impact on their clients by you know their standards um, but most coaches uh, have at least the intention to be facilitative, to facilitate learning, to be to work client-led, right? I work with what the client brings and what the client wants and not with what I want and what I bring. So that opens up some interesting questions um, because and I asked, I had a conversation with Peter Hawkins on this, with Eve Turner, uh, with Linda Aspey, a couple of coaches who are really active in the climate space. Um, and there was a, a conversation around, well, what do you do when you work with someone and you kind of want to bring up the ecology, the ecosystem, climate change, you know, the planet uh, into a coaching space? How can that be appropriate when we're supposed to work with what the client brings? And Peter, for example, said very clearly, look, I don't work with what the client brings. Uh, we, I asked the question, what, kind, what work do we need to do together? And he said very clearly, the ecology, the ecosystem, climate change is always in the room, just by the food we ate this morning and the air we breathe right now. So that's already always relevant. And anybody who isn't thinking about how the climate crisis affects them right now or in the future, um, then it's obvious that it, it should matter to them. It does matter to them whether they pay attention to it or not. So as a coach, you just kind of draw your attention to something that clearly matters. So from that position, I'm like, I get why that's not his agenda. It's the client's agenda. Uh, Eve Turner said uh, she worked with uh, in the travel uh, in, a, in a kind of travel agency business, um, travel business, um, and she was asking a question like, um, how will the climate crisis affect your future, the future of your company? which is a really fair question, very much in the interest of the client. Maybe not quite something that they had thought about, but I think this is how you can bring in something that doesn't directly come from the client. Um, and then recently, uh, Tatiana Bakarova shared an article about uh, that was called Neutral In-Tensions, right? Because can we really be neutral? We can never really be neutral. I mean, it's impossible not to influence your client in any way. I mean, yes, I know there's approaches like clean language and you can certainly make an effort, 
to show up neutral, to be the kind of blank canvas, right? Psychoanalysts famously, um, uh, they are many psychotherapists as well. They work with their clients' projections. They wear neutral clothing. They don't share details about their personal life. They're not on Instagram. Uh, their website does, doesn't give any kind of information about who they are as people because that's the way that they work. That's the way that they can work because they're working with what you, who you think they are because that tells a lot about who you are. If I see a blank canvas and I just like see stuff on there, then that's me. That's not the canvas. And so that's, I think it's a powerful way of working. Most coaches don't work like that. Most coaches aren't trained or are able to work like that. So as soon as you show up in a space as a fellow human being, maybe with perspectives, opinions, values, beliefs, uh, if you put yourself into the room, then you're influencing someone. You're smiling, you're nodding, somebody tells you more about that. You know, you're frowning and they feel challenged. You know, you, you create silence and they keep talking. You ask a question, now you've intervened, right? You say, tell me more, and now you've steered the conversation in a particular direction. So it's, I, I think it's impossible when we show up as humans to never influence but there's different degrees of influence. At one end of the spectrum, you're like, you shake a client into positive outcomes. You know, some NLP coaches are like really directive. You know, they, they strategically create rapport and then they lead you to the outcome that maybe you wanted to achieve, but they take you by the hand and get you there. Um, other coaches, like I'm trained existentially, as many here know, uh, you know, you hold space, pay attention to what's in front of you. It's not really... Uh, solution-driven necessarily. Um, but I mean, there's various degrees of trying to be neutral. And I think there's an impossibility to really stay neutral. So with many words, that's kind of the context of what I wanted to talk about, uh, because there's, there's a lot of opinions out there. And, you know, coaching schools seem to still train largely that we should be neutral as coaches. And it causes a lot of dilemmas for coaches out there. Who, who feel they, they need to be, they should be neutral, but they are facing this impossibility of really being neutral and maybe question, well, maybe I shouldn't be neutral. Maybe I should take a stance. Maybe I should make a suggestion. Maybe I should share my opinion. Maybe that's going to be in the client's best interest here. So yeah, shut up now and see, see what you think. Yeah, I think it's it's... It's an important discussion, and I think there's so much there's there's so much to uh, so much to uh, I, I think you know like this is I haven't personally like read a lot about this, but I think you know what a lot of the things you're saying like I can relate to it. Right, like I remember like coming into coaching in the beginning, thinking like, okay, the client wants this. Okay, let's. Let's move everything towards that, right? The client, after one month, says, like, I'm not sure if I want that anymore. And, and actually, you know, it, I, I think, like, my experience has been that as, as coaches, and especially in my, my personal experience, right, that, like, when I'm so convinced that something is good for the client, and I'm like, well, that's what the client wanted initially. It's almost that everything we do, we start kind of going into that direction. Like the client says, you know what, I want to move to Berlin or I move to Rome. And sometimes they might get second thoughts, right? They're like, I'm not sure that's like, you know, maybe is this really the right thing for me? Right? 
And and what what comes up for me is this thing is I, I don't know wh when I learned this. I don't know if it was um, I think it was in a leadership book where they, where they say that um, you know getting what we want to do is instead of telling people what to do, we want them to get to that to get to the solution that they, that we want them to get to. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, we asked some clever questions so that they think yeah, it was it, their idea. <laughs> it's almost like, and I, and I think I had this understanding in coaching, like, okay, well, that's probably what I need to do in coaching. It's like, okay, <laughs> I can't tell them directly what to do, but let me ask them questions so they come to the same thing that I think is good. For them. <laughs> right? and, I, and I think it's, you know, having worked with a lot of coaches, I think it, it's very easy to fall into this. Mm -hmm. Right? It's to think, well, this is what a client wants. This is what is good for the client. So, you know, that's what we need to go towards. And if things get in the way, you know, we can explore that, we can challenge that, but let's get them back into that place. And it's almost like sometimes we fall into like almost motivating the client to go back, to get back on that road, mm -hmm. right? And what I've experienced, you know, over the years is going, learning more and more about coaching. And, and I agree, like, I don't think you can be 100% neutral, right? Um, is you know creating more and more space right i've seen that beautiful things have come out of that you know where sometimes someone comes with a certain goal but by allowing to create space like we can sometimes end up in a very different destination that mm -hmm. serves the client more and, and i think that's that's the distinction here for me is this where i keep coming back to is like you know what serves the client here in this moment rather than you know, like thinking what what pleases what pleases the client or what is it that I think serves the client and just really slowing down to that. Right. Because that's, of, that's not always the same thing. Like what I think serves the client and what would really serves the client and what, or what the client thinks, you know, uh, they need or want. Really interesting. Um, yeah, I think so many valid points are there. For some reason, the kind of buzzword that kept like blinking in my mind is, I don't know why, authenticity. I um, mm. don't know if that's something that's come from what I've been reading recently. I, I read the intro to a book called Challenging Coaching. And I have to be honest, I think it really just captivated me and spoke a bit kind of like, yeah, for my own, for my soul. Um, you know, I think, I think it's, a really important part of the process for coaches to learn and to and, and to to become better at being neutral as part of their training obviously you know it's kind of like once you know the rules you can break them effectively you know i think it would be alarming if we had coaches who just think it's okay to um yeah bring in their agenda bring in their opinions without having the competence and ability to be neutral. But I think like Saver Shorts just saying, like once you know you can do that, then I think it's about, you know, choosing the best tool for that situation for that client. And if to bring in a little bit more challenge, even if that involves stepping away and risking something. So stepping away from neutrality, but stepping into authenticity and kind of, bringing a bit more of yourself into the process mm -hmm. i don't know i actually just experimented with it today and it felt a bit new and uncomfortable but it felt right um, yeah I, 
think there's an important distinction that you point to. That's, you know, one thing is to be neutral in terms of I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to show who I am. I'm not going to share what's going on for me. And another neutral is not driving the client somewhere where you want them to be, right? Because I think you can be very much authentic in a space uh, and disagree with, with what somebody is saying, not in terms of, I want to convince you to think differently, but just to acknowledge that I have a very pr different perspective on this. And I think it's in those very spaces when values, beliefs, perspectives, knowledge clash, that new learning is created. Right. Uh, according to Hegel, we need an antithesis to a thesis in order to get to the next level of synthesis. So if nobody disagrees with us, we're not feeling challenged to examine what we believe. And then there is no possibility for growth or learning. Right. Uh, with some clients, I found myself, I, I agreed with them so much. I kind of, I just found myself starting to collude with you know what they did, and I found it difficult to challenge them. And the coaching was no longer useful, right? I think it's important that we're being challenged, and the only way to challenge is to be authentic in you know how we can challenge. This can the challenge can come from an intellectual position, right? Of yeah, well, we can play devil's advocate, but I think it's a much more alive challenge. If that's our stance and our opinion, I remember working with someone who'd uh, started to uh, mention quite a lot of the uh, kind of common um, conspiracy theories that have uh, had emerged during COVID. And I, I, I felt I couldn't sit there and just listen to this. I listened to a lot of it, right? But at some point I felt it was important for me to actually you know, acknowledge that I think very, very differently about a lot of what she had just said. But presenting that within a container of love and respect and confidentiality, we were able to have a, a really fruitful conversation where two people could meet each other with very different views and still have like a really helpful conversation. Um, not that she changed her mind on it or I, but uh, just the experience of being met with that was uh, in some ways transformative. So I could have stayed neutral in that sense and not said anything and just kind of uh, helped her get to where she wanted to be. Um, would that have been better or worse? Well, we'll never find out. Uh, but it certainly felt more real and more authentic. And I think the relationship was a lot stronger afterwards. Yeah. I, th I think also a trend that I see in the coaching space is that a lot of us, you know, we, we like to hire coaches that have kind of walked that path, mm. right? So, you know, and I, and I think it's like, you know, you ask, you ask people, right? Uh, and it's not always like that, but, you, you know, would you hire a, a coach that's, you know, that looks really good and then like has kind of like, if, if someone wants to lose weight and they have to choose between two, three people and one person is maybe a lot more competent but they maybe they're overweight themselves. The, co the client will often go for the one that actually looks like the kind of outcome that they want. Yeah. Right. And, and I think this is happening a lot. This, um, and again, I, I don't, I personally, I personally don't think it's a bad thing, but I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just again, like there's almost like a mix between, you know, um, 
you know, because I, I think coaching is a really powerful tool. It's personally, I don't think it's, um, you know, I think first pure coaching can be really incredibly powerful and useful. And, you know, coaching can be also used as a very powerful tool as amongst other tools like yeah. you know, mentoring, supervision, right? Like what, I, what I've noticed is, um, I, just to give an example, right? I think, you know, I've helped a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of therapists, a lot of coaches improve their sales and how they do that. And one of the things that we work with, this is something that comes up again and again, is like we explore what are the, what are your opinions? What are your beliefs that you bring into a sales conversation? And the more we take those things to neutral, the more, the better uh, their sales uh, conversations become. Mm. Yeah, because there's so many different ways of doing successful sales. And most of that is when you show up authentically. Um, same with business, right? There's so many different ways that you can build a business. Um, so if we come up with a certain, you know, the stance of knowing, uh, it may or may not be so helpful. I think that's the gripe I have with coaches who have, you know, the, the weight loss coach who, you know, lost a lot of weight. Well, they might not be able to help someone else lose weight at all unless they're very, very similar and struggle with the same kind of barriers and challenges. I mean, every person is so different. And I think the, the difficulty when coaches sell their own story as a marker of success and then, you know, come from that position of non-neutrality. Uh, if somebody uh, wants to be a bit more guidance and advice and somebody who's walked the path, I mean, everybody's path is so different. So I think it's easy to get caught up in making assumptions about that other person. And then I think we're coaching less effectively. And, but it's real, right? If you give people yeah. the choice of working with someone with 30 years experience who's overweight, who could probably help them lose weight, even though they struggle with their own weight loss journey. Um, or with someone who looks fantastic, but has only been coaching for six months, um, who may not be able to help them. Most people would choose the person who looks fantastic and has lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Now, that's a reality. Yeah. And I think in a way that's like, it can be a challenge, right? But in a way it's also, You know, I think you mentioned like, you know, some coaches, for example, or some therapists, you won't find much about them online. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for them to be neutral. But nowadays, often, um, you know, I know a lot of people do this and I've done this in the past. It's like we look, we kind of like observe someone for a few weeks or a few months. We can research, you know, how are they living their life before we hire them? Is there something you want to tell us, Yves? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I, I do think like it, it really influences. Like personally, I would mm. prefer to hire someone that's really good at what they do, regardless of how they look, mm -hmm. right? But I think we're not, we're, you know, yeah. it's, it's very hard to stay neutral. Like we get influenced, you know, mm -hmm. it's, we're more inclined to hire someone that has a really successful business, but it's probably not as good as a coach as someone else that maybe struggles in their business, but is great at coaching people to get the good results, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I think we see, I see this all across the board. And, and my invitation again is to coaches to like, look, knowing this, right? Now you don't need to fall into the trap of like, oh, I have to market like this perfect life or whatever, right? But, you know, I think it's, it's such an important part of actually, you know, doing the work on yourself, 
right? It's great to, you know, you can study all the courses and all the, you know, you can become more and more certified and put all these little, you know, letters to your name. Right? <laughs> and you have to do the work on yourself. And that's why it's so crucial to have your own coach. So you can work on the stuff that you bring into sessions, but also work on your own stuff, right? You don't need to be the perfect model, right? Yeah. But, you know, how we live our life matters. Yeah, and, and, yeah go sorry. ahead. Yeah, sorry, that, that's a really important point you're drawing on. And um, I want to make this quite clear, right? The only, we can only have the option to choose something, to do something neutral or to show up more neutral than we could have. If we're aware of our own processes and our own shit, you know, that's why I think working with a coach, working, exploring ourselves is so important because if we're not aware of how we're showing up, then we cannot like it unconsciously going to influence the client. And if I influence the client, I want that influence to be conscious. I want to be aware of it so I can work with it, right? Not it working against me. Because if I don't notice how much this person reminds me of my brother, you know, who had this problem and I wasn't able to uh, help him back then. And now I'm like super, super involved. You know, I need to be aware that this is something that's happening for me. So I can choose whether, you know, this is something useful for the client or whether I'm way too involved because of that other relationship that has nothing to do with the client. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's why coaching and supervision is so essential for, for the coach itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure you guys have had this, right? And I've had this plenty of times where someone says, well, I've been looking for someone for a coach. And the reason I hired you is because of this, because you're a parent or because you're spiritual, because you're that. And people will find reasons. I've heard the craziest things like, oh, you know what? Like seeing that you run marathons has really, you know, connected me. And I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> okay, let me sign up for some more marathons. Right? But, you know, I think that like how we live our life, how we, you know, conduct ourselves is so important. And but that you know, having you know that distinction that you said there, I think is crucial. It's knowing like how do we show up in sessions, what do I bring to sessions, and then outside of that, you know, whether we like it or not, right? Yeah, our life is not neutral. Yeah, maybe with a dentist is a bit different. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> the dentist it. again. <laughs> it doesn't come up in a while. <laughs> and, and I, I actually, you know, me and my wife sometimes we we don't have really arguments about this, but sometimes I get a bit annoyed, and I. Like, I find a really good movie. I'm like, let's watch this movie. She's like, no, it's, it's Tom Cruise. I'm like, what do you have against Tom Cruise? Like, oh, well, he's done this and this and this in his personal life. And I'm just being it up. I'm not sure it's Tom Cruise, but, you know. Oh, he's she, done a lot of shit in his life. <laughs> she, she, find, she find things that actors have done or actresses have done in their personal life. And she's like, no, I'm not going to watch that because this person has done this and this. And it, it shows, like, how much we're influenced by how someone's, how someone leads their life. I mean, I personally yeah. get present and I can enjoy the movie, but you know, this is this is it. We live in a time where you know everything is connected, and especially with you know with social media and everything. Like, you know, we can see what people are up to, yeah. happening in their life. Yeah, and I, I mean, I mean, there, there might be. I mean, there's a fair concern that if somebody creates art, I saw a recent video about separating the art from the artist, which can be really tricky. Sometimes the art in itself is really, really valuable and it has nothing to do with what horrendous things that artists might have done in their personal life. But often they merge, right? Often they're connected. 
Um, I haven't spotted any Scientology messages from Tom Cruise movies, uh, but you know, I could imagine that I might be concerned about my daughter watching a movie of somebody who I, you know, is some religious guru or something. I'm like, mm, I would be a bit careful. So same thing when somebody seeks a coach uh, or based on something that is happening in the coach's personal life, I would want to explore that as part of the coaching. If somebody comes to me and says, oh, I picked you because of you run marathons, uh, I would probably be curious, you know, what assumptions are you making about me because of that, you know, fact <laughs> that you know about me? Um, and, and then you start exploring your relationship. You start exploring their assumptions. You can still work with some of these predictions. Uh, but I think a lot of how we live our lives and how we show up, it opens up doors into a conversation. And I think that's always helpful. Um, what we then do with that conversation as a coach uh, or, you know, whether we take on that conversation or that client, uh, that's a different story. And I think it's important that we explore our neutrality, their neutrality, and the impossibility of being 100% neutral. Mm. Mm. But I think that's time, no? Um, I know you need to go, Sirvash. Uh, I do too. Uh, Nikki, uh, any, any last words? I know you've been quiet, uh, mainly based on you know, the environment <laughs> you're in currently. Yes, definitely. No, but I've really enjoyed listening, guys. And you know, as, as so often, um, a lot of the things you've said kind of were the same or similar things going on in my mind. Just one final thing that came up for me there, because I think we kind of shifted a lot into this like concept of authenticity and just to bring it back to the original kind of neutrality versus challenging people question. I think what just occurred to me again, because it's something I obviously often debate um, about myself when I'm working with clients. But um, as we so often say, I think, you know, it also goes back into contracting with your client and just kind of, um, you know, can be as simple as saying like, you know, Sometimes I might try and take a more neutral approach and sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm here to challenge you because if I don't, you know, who else will? This is kind of what you've come here for. But yeah. again, to just give them that awareness in case it then kind of creates conflict or tensions. And um, I think it, it, it lends itself easier to then resolve, resolving and or exploring those moments. But yeah, I think certainly both are valuable and useful and um, appropriate for different situations moments within the coaching and to different people but yeah i've certainly become a lot more excited about interested in exploring more of the challenging side um of late cool well guys yeah. thank you very much um i'm curious about what people out there think uh, if you're a coach and you have a particular stance on it i'd love to hear your thoughts is it possible to stay neutral Maybe we hear about some stories in coaching where it was important not to be neutral and to really take a stance, maybe to protect the client from harm or something like that. Um, so, yeah, curious. And uh, guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your commitment to learning and growing as a coach. Just a few things before you go. First of all, we're doing this for you, so if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, do send us a question. Secondly, we're not doing this for profit, so we rely on your support to help us reach as many coaches as we can. So if you can send this episode to a friend or tell a fellow coach uh, about what we're doing here, maybe you can subscribe or leave us a review, or even support us on Patreon, um, that would be amazing. And lastly, 
You can find us across all major platforms. So uh, whether you like to watch or you like to listen or you like to download episodes and listen to it uh, in your car while you're driving through somewhere with no internet, uh, you can do so too. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you and I hope to see you next time.